And we started this series several weeks ago. We hit the rewind button. And we went back to the book of Genesis and saw that just how God created the heavens and the earth. And he planted a garden to the east of Eden and he put man and woman in there. And he looked at what he had made and he said, and he thought, it is very good. What God had created was very good. And he created mankind to have a relationship with him. Put them in the garden and he said, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But this one command he gave them. He said, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. And what does man do? Adam and Eve saw the fruit. They disobeyed. And there was separation between God and man. Because sin came into the world and separation between God and man happened. And the result of sin entering the world was, was death. And the Bible tells us in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God in Christ our, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. So death came into the world, but God demonstrated his grace for us by providing a system of atonement through the law. See, God had a bigger plan, and the Old Testament is God's story of that plan. And so we saw that in the Garden of Eden. We saw, and this morning I have a timeline, a timeline of connecting the dots you know, we saw in, in about 6,000 B.C. when, if you're a young earth, if that's your thought, creation and the fall happened at, in about 6,000 B.C. And there in 6,000 at that time was when the first prophecy of Christ was made when it said in Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. I will crush your head and I will strike his heel. Christ was coming to crush the head of Satan. And then we see in, in Genesis chapter 12, again, pointing forward to the coming of the Messiah, uh, to, to Abraham, God says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. God sending his son through Abraham. God would bless the world through Abraham. And then we move forward um, to, to 1445 when God provided a system of sacrifice for the atoning or the covering of sin. And, and last week we talked about uh, the sacrificial system and how that points forward to Christ. Today we want to look at the prophets. We go forward another 700 years to about 700 B.C., when the prophets wrote about the coming of the Messiah, when God revealed himself to people like Isaiah and Zechariah and Micah, he prophesied back 700 years before the time of Christ that he was sending the Messiah. And then Christ was born at about um, 1 B.C. or somewhere in there, 
uh, between 1 and 4 BC, or AD, I'm sorry, and then in 33 AD is when Jesus became the sacrificial lamb for us. This morning we want to start in the book of Isaiah. If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 2, but we're, going, we're going to be reading what, is, what was prophesied in the Old Testament in various places, then how it, how it played out. And you know, a lot of scholars, a lot of people have discredited the prophecies in the Old Testament because say they were written after the fact, you know, they were written later on um, after all of this stuff had happened. But when, when the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls were found in Qumran, all of that stuff was blown out of the water because, because the Dead Sea Scrolls date back to, to about 4 B.C., before Christ was ever born, the book of Isaiah was found, and there are fragments of every book of the Old Testament found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And so, so what the prophets are saying was prophesied 700 years before Christ, and it's all proven. So Isaiah, in chapter 7, um, verse 14, he says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child, and I will give and will give birth to his son, and will call him Emmanuel, or God with us. So here's this crazy guy named Isaiah, 700 years before Christ comes, says, you know what, there's going to be, God is going to come to us through a virgin. There's going to be a birth through a virgin, and that's something that had never happened before, and will ne never happen since then. It was a miracle that God was playing up, pointing forward. And we see in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, how this was played out. How this virgin would, would, had given birth. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to the public disgrace he had, so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Exactly as Isaiah had said. She will be, he will be born of a virgin. And here we see the angel talking not just to Mary, but also to Joseph. And it says in verse 22, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So 700 years before Christ came, Isaiah said it, and it happened exactly the way that he said that it would happen. Because God showed Isaiah, he was pointing forward to the coming of the Messiah. Another prophecy that was fulfilled, if you turn in Micah, first of all, I, want to, I just want to give you a little teaser. In Micah 4.8, it says, As for you, O watchtower of the flock, O stronghold of the daughter of Zion, the former dominion will be restored to you. Kingship will come to the daughter of Jerusalem. The watchtower of the flock is what we're going to talk about next Sunday. 
you know, the way that we have envisioned the Christmas story to play out with this, this cute little nativity scene and, and all of the things, you know, the, the three wise men, were there really three? Um, did Mary come riding on a donkey? You know, did the wise men come to the stable to, to visit Jesus? All of those things are things that we believe because of songs we've heard, not because of what we've read in Scripture. So next, we're going, to, we're going to take a look at the watchtower of the flock. But in Micah 5.2, again, 700 years before Christ is born, it says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origin is from old, from the ancient of time. Now, Bethlehem was just a, was a small little town of less than a thousand people. But what the prophet Micah said is, is out of Bethlehem, out of this little place, will come the Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, Micah, if you look at, at the book of Micah, it is, it is God's warning of judgment that was to come to the people of Jerusalem to the people of Israel. And he says in, in Micah that, it, that Jerusalem will become a heap, that the land and the temple as well as the city of Jerusalem will be destroyed because of corrupt leadership. And it's in this context that Micah writes this prophecy about, about the king, the Messiah coming to them a new leader, a leader that, that will care for them, a leader that will meet their needs, their, their spiritual needs, and they didn't understand that. But Micah is speaking of the Messiah, the true ruler, the honorable king, the king of kings. So Micah prophesies this 700 years before Christ comes. And in Matthew chapter 2, it says, And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And they, and they asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? So get the picture. Okay, you've got, now this is approximately two years after Jesus was born. Wise men came from the east. See, we always have this picture of the wise men coming to the, to the stable. That's a myth. It was about two years after Jesus was born... And how did these guys from the east know? How did they know that there was a Messiah born, that there even was a Messiah? Well, you remember Daniel was, when he was taken into captivity, was taken to, in the area where they were at, into to Babylon. And so they had the influence of Daniel's teachings. So they knew that there was a Messiah coming, and God gave them a sign. That they would see a star. And so they see this star and they come into Jerusalem and, and they said, they said, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So these magi came to Jerusalem looking, looking for the Messiah. And I said, where, where is the Messiah? Where is the king of the Jews? It says, when Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he called together all the peoples, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. 
So Herod gets all of, of the, these people together. He says, where is the Christ going to be born? And they were like, well, that's obvious. In Bethlehem, the land of Judah, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. You, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. So, so the wise men went to Jerusalem looking for the Messiah. The people in Jerusalem said, well, the prophet says that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. So the, so the wise men, the magi, go from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to find the Christ child, and they found him there in a house, and there they gave their gifts to the, to the Messiah. And again, he was probably, Jesus was probably about two years old when, when they visited him in Bethlehem. But exactly as Micah had said, that he would be born in Bethlehem. And that's where he was. And this story in, in Matthew goes on, but Hosea chapter 11 says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. So Hosea said that the Messiah will come out of Egypt. Well, how does that happen if he was born in Bethlehem? Why does it say that he will come out of Egypt? Well, if you look at the book of Matthew, there again in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, it says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He says, Get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, he took the child and his mother during the night, and they left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Exactly as Hosea had said it, that the child would be born, he would be born of a virgin, as Isaiah said. He would be born in Bethlehem, as Micah said. He would go to Egypt and come out of Egypt, just as Hosea had said. I mean, perfectly, word for word, the way that the prophet 700 years earlier had prophesied that it would happen. You see, Herod, when he was out, in verse 16, it says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And so he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. And listen to this. And then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Because Jeremiah prophesied that, that he heard, heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and refuse to be comforted because they are no more. Jeremiah prophesied that children would be put to death at the time of the coming of the Messiah. Exactly as God had said. And so, so we see these prophecies being fulfilled of his birth. But the thing that we have to remember is that, see, remember the Christ, the Messiah came was more than just a cute little baby that was born on Christmas Day in a manger. The Messiah came with 
a purpose. He came to give his life. And so when you read on in Isaiah and the rest of the prophets, not only is his, is his virgin birth prophesied, his birth in, in Bethlehem and him going into, into Judea, but also his, his death and resurrection, are those are all prophesied in Scripture. And it was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 35 that he would perform miracles when he was here on earth. It was prophesied that he would open the eyes of the blind. And that's what he did if you read the stories. It was prophesied that he would enter Jerusalem riding on a donkey. In, in, in Zechariah 9 verse 9. And it was fulfilled in Matthew. It says that he will be betrayed by a friend. And the price of the betrayal will be for 30 pieces of silver. That is prophesied in Zechariah. And not only would, would, would the, his betrayer receive 30 pieces, but the betrayer, the betrayal money would be cast on the floor of the temple. That was prophesied in Zechariah. And in Matthew chapter 27, it's fulfilled. If you remember, Judas Iscariot sold Christ for 30 pieces of gold. Or silver. Okay, he, he reported where Jesus was going to be for 30 pieces of silver. And after, after everything had happened, in fact, let's just turn to it. Matthew chapter 27. It says in verse 3 of 27, And when Judas had betrayed him, he saw Jesus was condemned. He was seized with remorse and returned the 30 silver coins to the chief priests and to the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. They said, what is this to us? So Judas threw the money into the temple and left and went away and hanged himself. And then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used it to buy a potter's field as the Lord had commanded me. So again, a prophecy fulfilled down to the very precise, to the preciseness of detail. The Bible also said that his hands and his feet would be pierced in Psalm 22 and in Zechariah 12. It says also in Isaiah chapter 53 that he will not open his mouth to defend himself. And actually in Isaiah 53 verse 5, this is what it says, that he will be pierced for our transgressions, he will be crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquities for us. If you remember the sacrificial lamb, the sacrificial lamb became the atonement for the sins of the people. That the sins were, were, were placed upon the lamb to cover um, person's sins. Right here it says that, that he took his sins upon, took our sins upon himself. He became that sacrificial lamb for us. And Isaiah goes on. He was oppressed and afflicted yet did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter 
And as a sheep before his shears is silent, so too he did not open his mouth. Prophesying that Jesus would become our sacrificial lamb. And that's exactly what he did. That's what he became. That's what he came for. You see, this baby that, whose birth we are celebrating during this season, this baby grew up and became a man. And that man came to fulfill the plan for our salvation. He became our advocate. He became our intercessor. He became our mediator. He gave his life so that we would not have to die. He became the perfect offering, the sinless life, so that he become the sacrifice for our sins. Hebrews 5.9 says, To all those who obey him, the source of eternal salvation. He is our source of salvation. And so when we celebrate the birth of Christ this season, you know, again, let's celebrate more than just this baby that came in a manger, this cute little baby. Let's remember him as the sacrificial lamb. Let's remember him as the one who came in order to give his life so that we could have life, so that we wouldn't have to suffer the consequences of our sin. He was the sacrificial lamb. And from the time of Genesis, it prophesied and, and, and it pointed forward to the coming of the Messiah. And these prophets all, they, they looked, they were looking forward to something that was to come. They were promised a Messiah that, that they would never see, but they trusted and they had faith that he was going to come. Do you know what the chances are that only eight, there are, there are over 300 prophecies of Christ's birth, life, death, and resurrection found in throughout the Old Testament. The chances of only eight of those coming true are the same as if you would put two feet of silver dollars over the whole state of Texas. And if you've ever driven through Texas, you know how massive that state is. If you take two feet of silver dollars, put them all over the state of Texas, put a man in Dallas, Texas, and blindfold him and tell him there is one gold coin in the state of Texas and he would find that one gold coin on the first try. That is how, how likely it is that all of these prophecies came true that were prophesied in the Old Testament and yet history tells us that, that all of these prophecies throughout scripture have come true have happened, and there are many yet to come. Because not only does, does the Scriptures talk about his first coming, but Scripture talks about, the prophets talk about his second coming. But how amazing is it that our loving Heavenly Father created a plan so that we could have eternal life. He sent his Son so that we could have eternal life. And you know what? 
the critics and the naysayers, they can argue with us about, with me, about, about whether the, these prophecies came true or whether they were skewed or, or what. But one thing they cannot take away from me is, is I know what Jesus Christ did for me. I know how Jesus Christ changed my life. And nobody can disregard that. Nobody can argue with me that I wasn't changed. Now, some of you may look at me sometimes, well, I really wonder. But I know that I was changed because Jesus Christ came into my life. And nobody can take that away from me. So this Christmas season, as we celebrate, let's remember and celebrate what he's done for us. You know, let's not just remember the baby that was born. Let's remember the sacrificial lamb that came to die for me, that came to give his life to not just cover my sins, but to take them away so that I could spend eternity in heaven with my heavenly Father. And Richard Halverson wrote, the fact is the birth, crucifixion, and bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ are celebrated worldwide by folks of every race, language, and color every year. And believing in Jesus, they have been delivered from the most evil, disastrous, frustrating, and debilitating habits and life forms possible. The real problem with Jesus Christ is not that folks can't believe in him, but that they won't believe in him. And this Christmas, my prayer for all of us sitting here is that we would believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the savior of the world, that he came born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, lived a life, gave his life, rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. That is why we celebrate this Christmas season. Father God, we have such an incredible, incredible gift through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, your word, uh, your word so beautifully and, and accurately foretold of his coming. Or that you have this master plan of sending him to us to give us eternal life. Lord, I pray if there's one person here this morning that questions whether or not Jesus came, died, was resurrected, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, you would reveal that truth to them. Lord, that we would open your scriptures and, and find out and learn and, and discover the beauty of, of the prophecies of his coming. And Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be working in our hearts and in our lives, that you would bring life change this morning. And Lord, for those of us that have been given this incredible gift of salvation, Lord, that we would celebrate it this season. Lord, that we wouldn't get so caught up in the stuff of the season, Lord, that we would forget to celebrate and tell others of the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just, I just praise you, Lord, that, that you have taken away that thing that separates us from you through your son, Jesus.
Father, as we separate from here now today, Lord, I pray that the praises of your goodness would be on our lips. Lord, that our actions would reflect your goodness. Lord, that our love would permeate from us. Lord, that it would, it would just radiate. And we would give you honor and glory. Lord, that this season would be more than just celebrating a baby, but it would be celebrating eternal life. And we would look forward we would look back on your first coming, but we would look forward to your return to take us home with you. But I just praise you this morning for sending your son to die for me so that I can have eternal life. I pray everybody here would receive that same gift. It's in Jesus' precious name that I pray these things. Amen.